All right, everybody. This is the uh, the nightcap edition of Nobody Likes Casey McLean, the one that at some point will only be available to Substack subscribers. So go to caseymcclain.substack.com. And um, I mean, obviously, there's like uh, the prevailing news in the country right now is this school shooting in Texas. Uh, if you came here for a sincere, uh, a sincere take, a sincere show of uh, remorse and sadness and empathy and sympathy, um, you probably should find better sources for that. It is horrible, though. It's absolutely horrible, and I'm. It's a just a, another example of this, like when this shit happens in this country and it happens too much. Uh, the immediate thing, there's like, nobody seems to really be trying to solve the problem. I had a pretty good conversation with somebody about this uh, recently, but it's like everybody tries to fit this tragedy into the ecosystem of their own cause, right? So like the anti-racist guy will make this about uh, like their brand, so the anti-racist guy will try to make this about white supremacy. Um, the NRA guy, the the two A advocate, will try to make this about anything but but uh, gun possession, gun control. We like are all like kind of our own lobbyists, and by the way, like uh, it's it's these. I mean, obviously, the it's it's not just it's media personalities, it's business owners, it's comedians. Comedians are just as guilty. Comedians have decided that they have to be first to the stage or the internet with a joke, no matter how unempathetic and psychopathic the joke is. And by the way, I support comedians taking swings. Um, I'm not mad at comedians for trying to make humor out of these things. I also think like if you're the kind of person that shows a comedian's joke, like, oh yeah, a couple of years ago, Louis had a, had a leaked set and people got mad about this joke he made about the Parkland school shooting. And the joke was insensitive because it was a joke. So I'm like always on the side of jokes. My point is, is that we comedians are part of that same ecosystem, right? And I think that if comedians did not try to be the first first to market with a joke, some amount of discussion would be better or whatever. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I think that we don't we don't allow ourselves time to mourn it immediately. We just go back to our causes. The longest time I've ever seen this country experience tragedy and kind of collectively mourn was 9-11 and then the next longest was like the first maybe two weeks of the COVID pandemic and now we're uh yeah now we're back to like fully divided I'm recording this living in my living room uh drinking coffee by the way uh today's nightcap is a coffee day cap because, boy, I had a I had a hell of a weekend. Uh, I 
headline some shows at Palooza Base Camp in Cascade, Idaho. Oh, especially because this is on the... We're going to get real fucking honest about this show, okay? Typically, I wouldn't trash a trash a, a venue in any way because... But I'm going to tell you some honesty. I'm going to tell you some truth about this venue. And it's actually not really subscriber behind like a paywall, but um, I don't think I'm friends with any of the the people who run that thing on social media. So first off, I guess we'll just get into like the the... This show was kind of like snake bitten from the beginning. So I got booked on it by a friend of mine who was the original booker. Originally, I was supposed to open for Gabriel Rutledge, and that was going to be fun. Would have been a fine time. Uh, Then the guy that booked us lost contact with the booker. He dropped out of booking it. And so I contacted the venue personally to be like, hey, are our dates still intact? And we had already booked flights. Gabe and I had already booked flights. Well, in the time it took them to respond, Gabe uh, was no longer available to do the show. So I decided I was going to headline it, and I was going to bring my pal Greg Beechler, who was for the same deal as uh, as I was getting. He would get... um. Yeah. And so this it's snake bitten all the way around because so Gabe can't do the show. He calls Alaska Airlines. Uh and I know Gabe's one of the few listeners to this podcast. So um I'm not I'm not Gabe is the man. We'll start before I continue into this. Gabe is the man. He comes out of this as the man. Uh He's the best, very generous guy and an honorable dude. So don't get mad at him at any point in this because there was an honest mistake that got made, but corrected at the end. Spoiler alert, it got corrected. Gabe is the absolute man. So uh, Gabe can't do the show, so he calls. He's, He's flying to Reno. So he calls Alaska Airlines or goes online with Alaska Airlines and cancels the reservation. A wrinkle to this is that because we were trying to like get these flights cheap and kind of like, you know, what I don't even know what the why honestly I don't even know what the point of this was. We booked them all on my account. He paid me back, but we booked them all on my account. I don't even know what this would have benefited. Maybe, maybe, uh, I think I had just gotten my Alaska credit card and I think maybe Gabe, maybe that's it. Maybe Gabe doesn't have or did not have at the time an Alaska Airlines credit card. And with an Alaska Airlines credit card, you can get, uh, for, and if you use the promo code Casey McLean at alaskaairlines.com slash no, uh, when you're a member you get free check bags. And as a comedian, that's important because you can bring your merch for free then. Typically, when a comedian brings merch on the road, if they don't have a membership with that airline, it costs them $60 to bring the merch because that's what it costs round trip, maybe even more with some airlines, to get a checked bag. So we book Gabe on my account. Gabe calls up. He uses, they go, what's the reservation under and he uses my name because he thought it was under me. But 
it turns out what they were saying is what reservation meant was who, what name is the ticket under? So I get a notification that says, Hey, you can check in for your Alaska flight. And I go to the website and there's one person flying under my reservation and it's Gabriel Rutledge. And so I, uh, I get in contact with Gabe, get in contact with Alaska Airlines. The whole situation's fucked. I'm arguing with people on chat. The fact that there, this is just like complete garbage is we got these, another mistake that Gabe and I made is we got these uh, saver fares, which are the least expensive fares, but they're not cancelable. They're not changeable. I don't think I'm ever going to do these again, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I've had enough uh, flights move around so we got these fares and and gabe canceled so i call i call them i'm like well can't you just reinstate my fare like right at this point i've paid for two tickets gabe paid me back to be clear for his half of the ticket but from alaska airlines perspective I have paid for two tickets and now I cannot use, I'm not going to, I've paid for two tickets on this flight. One for me, one for Gabe. And you're telling me that I can't fly on it because Gabe made a mistake, had a misunderstanding. Also, by the way, because their verification process doesn't like you have to put in some information, I think, to be able to, to cancel, but it's like, confirmation number so you give these two same people the same confirmation number and the lady on the on the chat i was like he made him like i didn't do anything gabe might have done something uh but i didn't do anything so this should be solvable and she's like well in the future i would only give the confirmation number to people that you trust and so i think what she was insinuating was that like gabe was like a like a we had like a tryst no not a tryst we were in a relationship and there was a, a schism and Gabe had gone against me and canceled his or canceled me as a <laughs> anyway. So I, I yell at this lady on chat for a while. I'm a, I'm a real problem for a customer service person because, uh, I'm aware of a couple things that like, you know, you know, one thing that matters is like how much money you spend. Uh, and I've, I've been trying to be loyal as much as I can afford it to Alaska Airlines. You know, if if I'm, I'm not a believer in like that you have to use the same airline all the time thing. But I do think that uh, if you can, and especially from where I live, Alaska Airlines is usually the cheapest flight. Um, yeah, there are benefits. I've learned this, by the way, the, the time when I needed this the most was when I just got truly fucked straight in the ass uh, in Fort Wayne or going to Fort Wayne and going home from Fort Wayne on New Year's. There was just no, I had no leverage. Nobody gave a shit about me, but I'm flying more than I ever have. I think that I've, I've flown more for comedy in 2022 than... Well, 2021, 2022, I think I flew more for com more for comedy than I have flown combined the rest of my life. And it's going to keep getting um, 
there's going to keep being more of it. And Alaska Airlines, you're going to fuck yourself out of thousands of dollars if you keep treating me like a nobody, okay? Um, yeah, I did, I did uh, threaten. I was like, well, all my business is going to Delta. And they're making this, they're taking this hard stand over like a $140 flight. Anyway, so we end up, Gabe, uh, Gabe's a hero. He, he ends up booking me a new flight using his miles, which he, uh, I mean, I guess it's probably the right thing to do. It's the thing that I would have done, but I don't think it's the thing that everyone would have done. So shout out to Gabe Rutledge. Gabe is the man. Uh, then, so we get my buddy, Greg Beachler and I, we get on the flight. Um, we go out to Cascade, Idaho, land in Boise, drive, I don't know, 80 miles north. It's east of the Cascade Mountains or whatever mountain range is down there. I have no idea. I've realized that I just, I used to say that I don't have any understanding of East Coast geography. Honestly, if you get me outside of the Puget Sound area in Washington State, I'm fucked. I don't know where anything is. I've discovered this. But the Cascade, Idaho is east of the mountains. It should be in like a rain shadow. It should be pretty dry compared to Washington State. And it just, we're driving up and it's just pissing rain on us, which is stressful because it's like these windy mountain roads and it's Memorial Day weekend, and this is not only is this a camping area, but it's on the way to another camping area. It's relatively high traffic, and everyone drives like an asshole. And this is on the way up, and we finally we get to um, we get to Cascade, Idaho. We get to Palooza Base Camp. It's one of these these places where they're like uh, you get on the on the the directions are like through Boise. There's like seven or eight turns, right? And then it's like get on this highway. And in 70 miles, your destination is on the right. It's just straight shot to our place. The it, At points, it feels like a highway. At points, it feels like you're going to fly off a cliff. And at points, it's like a 25-mile-an-hour local road, all with no turns, but a lot of winding and a lot of whatever. Um, pissing rain. First night goes great. Show goes very well. Uh, didn't sell a lot of merch, but show goes very well. Uh, I did. So they wanted a long show. They wanted an hour and 45 minute show. So my pal Greg Beachler did about 44 minutes and then I did uh, 61 minutes. Um, and it was fun. It was very fun. It was uh, not like, you know, wasn't show of the year. Like I said, didn't sell a lot of merch, um, but it was fun. Then the next morning I wake up to go golf. I brought my golf clubs. First time I brought my golf clubs on the road with me. By the way, very, so much easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, not incredibly arduous and shitty. And so I, uh, bring the golf clubs. Go golf. I actually was in debate about not golfing. And then I was like, you brought the clubs. We're doing this thing. I'm, I'm about to pay for some software to do some video stuff for golf. Like, you do it. 
don't talk yourself. You can't talk yourself out of doing this. Yes, it's going to be slightly inconvenient. I end up going out and playing with the, uh, so the owner of the bar's daughter is like the manager and her boyfriend is a pretty good golfer. So we go out to this course, Cascade Golf Course, right on Cascade Lake, by the way. There will be probably some videos from that experience, but, um, God, what a, what a time I, I hit a hundred. Oh, after 18 holes, I'm about to break a hundred, which is not, I was never like, I'm such a, when I was a young golfer, I was so one, I was just a fucking angry mess, but two, I was also just trying to like hole out every hole, like hit hero shots every hole. I had no idea how to like manage a course or play for play for par. It was always like just selling out every hole. This is probably part of the reason why I got cut from my high school golf team. And so yeah, I'm uh playing golf, everything's fine. I haven't eaten yet. I sent my pal Greg Beachler a text message. I was like, hey, I'm done golfing. Do you want to go get something to eat? Greg responds, I'm very hungover. And then I said probably something either misogynistic or insensitive to some uh, <laughs> some disenfranchised group. But um, I was giving Greg a hard time about being hungover because we had the night before we had had like Greg Greg estimates he had seven beers I'm a little skeptical that it was seven it definitely wasn't more than seven I think I had five but Greg is like in rough shape and I'm giving him a hard time and he goes yeah dude pick me up we'll get something to eat um so I pick Greg up <laughs> But he takes forever to get down to my car. I don't know what's going on inside, but I found out later that Greg had uh, come downstairs at this hotel we were staying in, which is right above the Palooza base camp. It's They own the hotel also. He had asked for coffee, and then before they brought him coffee, he had to run back up to his hotel room and vomit uh, uncontrollably. And then he came down, sat in the rental car, we drove, he's like, yeah, let's go get, let's go get something to eat. We drove one half of a block, one half. Greg opens the door, the door starts what he initially described as dry heaving. And we've, we've later, uh, negotiated it to, these were some wet fucking heaves pukes like five times on the sidewalk, one half block away from the hotel. And I'm like, dude, you gotta get out of the fucking car. Like, we're, you're not, we're not going to make it anywhere where you can like eat or whatever without you just vomiting all over this car. So like a good friend, Greg goes back to the hotel. I go pick him up, uh, Pepto-Bismol, like an anti-diarrheal, which is, I think also anti-nausea, uh, water. He's diabetic. So I picked him up orange juice. Uh, what, there was one other thing. Oh, he needed a phone charger. His phone was dying. I got Greg like a little fucking care package. Uh, brought it back to him like a good friend. And then I was like, well, this dude, we got, we got to like come up with a plan in case Greg can't perform. Cause Greg's saying I'll be fine to perform, 
but I'm skeptical based on the the state that Greg is in in this moment. And so I start contacting people that I know. Uh, my friend Monica Nevy was in Boise, and um, I asked her if she knew any good comedians that could could come up and do, you know, like thirty minutes. Um, at least, like what I, my my hope was that the worst case scenario would be. The worst case scenario would be that that person does 15 minutes, Greg does 15 minutes, and, um, oh, hold on, I got a text, I gotta just make sure that it's not, um, that, I got a, I just got a text about golf, uh, that Greg would do 15 minutes, that person would have to go throw up after that person had done 15 minutes and that would only leave me with 75 minutes to do, which by the way, would be my longest set to date. But I'm like between crowd work and, uh, and doing every fucking joke that I have good or bad. And, uh, maybe trying to think of some new jokes, doing jokes that I've never done. I could fill 75 minutes. It's not going to be, you know, I'm better off at 50 minutes, but I'm already doing 60. Like I'm already, and, um, so I get a hold of this guy and I'm because of what I'm going to say, I'm not going to say his name and you're not going to listen to it there, buddy. But if you do, we can all agree that the set didn't go great. Uh, I actually think the guy's very funny. I picked him. It wasn't like a blind booking. I did go watch a video and he did a thing that I uh, a lot of young comics do, and I don't know if this is, I don't know how new this guy, this dude is to comedy. I just, basically, I was trading between being very picky with an opener or taking a nap, and I badly needed a nap. So I booked this guy, and he comes up and just doesn't do well. At all. Bombs 15 straight minutes. I think truly set the show back. And the insult to injury uh, shows up late to the show. Even though, of course, we had did a thing, by the way. <laughs> There's just like little things that bug me about these situations is uh, I go, hey, are you available tonight to do this show? And he goes, well, typically I need a little more notice to get booked and it's like you didn't know who i was i'm not like a booker that has like some bo standard booking practice uh i'm not contacting you last minute because i'm fucking that's the way that i do business typically i need a little more time before before i get or you know before a booking and then i get a message so basically i'm like it'll be this much if greg can't perform this much money if Greg can't perform or this much if he can and you do a short amount of time. I don't want this dude to have to drive up to, to Cascade, Idaho from Boise and do um, and do no time on stage. So I get a message, shows at 8, I get a message about 6.40 that the dude has left a little bit late. His ETA is now 8.09. Showtime is at eight. He's supposed to be the first comedian, which means that now we're in this position 
where a guy who was not booked on the show is holding up the start of the show. Then he arrives, bombs for 15 minutes. So we're 25 minutes after the time when the show's supposed to start. And it's the crowd is not happy. Greg goes up, does fine. I did uh, 60, 60 minutes, took us till 10 o'clock. I didn't bomb the whole time, but I never had like, there was one new joke that I have that's working very well that did well. And then a little bit of crowd work that I did where I just trashed the Basque community, <laughs> which is like a Spanish ethnicity of people. Spanish from Spain. White folks. Uh, I trashed the Basque community that lives in Boise. Because everybody that was in Cascade is from Boise, except for like one couple was from McCall, Idaho. So... Is that the end of the snake bite? I think that's it. It just goes badly. Then, uh, then, uh, we went upstairs to this hotel that these people own and, uh, played Uno and drank Buffalo. Tra oh no, that's not it. I was gonna not, I was, I almost forgot the best part of the whole thing. God, how much time has this podcast been? Already 25 minutes. Holy shit. Okay. This is going to be the only story because it's, uh, it's a fucking saga. Um, during Greg's set, so there's a, there's like wait staff at this place, Palooza base camp. Oh man, I'm really trashing him. I actually, the food is very good. I, Greg told me that he thought he might have food poisoning also. And I relayed that to them and they like freaked out as you would as a restaurant owner. And the, and it was, turns out was not the food. Obviously, I mean, Greg and I had eaten the same thing. My food was great. Uh, I had ribs the second day. Those were good. So they give you a gift card for food at Palooza Base Camp. And I get the gift card. And first night, first night, it's, I, I don't know what's going on in this town, but I like sit, I sit at the whatever at the like side table so that I'm not in the way of anybody and no like server ever comes up to us, which is fine. They have a, like a dining room full of people that they need to serve. So they don't need to come talk to me, but I don't know what the protocol is for comedians ordering food. And so I, I find a guy and I'm like, Hey man, can I order food from you? And he's like, not from me, but if you could ask a server and I'm like, Okay, can you point a server in our direction? Do I have to go into the fucking dining room and hunt down a server? And finally, I see a server. She's, uh, she is, um, putting in an order. And I was like, hey, I'm one of the comedians. Is it possible to order food from you? And she's like, already pissed off at me at that moment. And she goes, uh, yeah, is it fine if I put this order in first? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, yes, of course. I'm like, I just don't know. I'm from fucking a thousand miles away. Like, what are you, what are you like? Yes, I don't give a shit. Put that in. And, uh, she's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm just like standing there and she's like, okay, how can I help you? And I, like, obviously annoyed. And I'm like, well, okay, we want, and I had tried, I'm trying to be as little of a problem as possible. Greg and I, a classic burger, 
Mine with regular fries, his with garlic fries. That's it. Easy peasy. Also, could I get a pitcher of water? And she goes, I don't understand. And I go, could I get like a pitcher of water so that Greg and I can have water to drink? And she's like, sir, I do not understand what you're talking about. You want water? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, can I just go? Maybe I could just go to like the back bar and order it. And she's like, sir, I don't understand what you're talking about right now. Um, I will get you your burger. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I go to the back bar. I ask them, can I have a pitcher of water? I get a pitcher of water, bring it over to Greg and I, all is well. Like 20 minutes later, this server comes back over and she goes, oh, you already got water? Like I'm going to fucking wait 20 minutes for her to go get water. And so anyway, I don't know why this lady hates me just right off the bat. Um, anyway, I also asked Greg because, oh, they also told us that the, sh- the, the kitchen closes at eight 30. So the show gets over at 10 kitchen closes at eight 30, which means if I want to eat, I have to eat before the show. Or order something for after the show. So I decide first night I'm going to eat before the show. I have this classic burger. And then I send Greg a text while he's on stage. I was like, hey, could you order me an IPA so that I'll have a beer when I get off stage? Because I don't drink before I go up usually. So he does this about 20 minutes before I... I like I'm done on stage and this same server that hates me already goes, um, she like brings it up to the stage and she's like here. I'm like performing. She goes here. And I was like, Oh, is that for me? She's like, well, it's not for me. And like visibly, <laughs> visibly angry. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm not going to drink it right now, but thank you. I guess, uh, so anyways, that all happens. We sell merch. We drink with the owner. It's, it's, I can't believe I almost forgot to tell, talk about this. Uh, first night it's fine. Greg's hung over cause he can't handle his alcohol. Uh, we go golf. All is good. I go downstairs for the owner had told me that he was smoking ribs the next day. And I like some smoked meat. And so I was like, well, yeah, let, I'll try those ribs. I'll make sure to come down and get some of those ribs. So I come down for lunch. I order the ribs and there's a different server serving me. And she's like, you know, kind of a quirky lady. And uh, I give her my gift card for this food. And she's like, just so you know, you can't tip on the gift card. Which is, I've never, I've tipped every restaurant I've ever been my entire life. Even when I get bad service. I tip pretty well. I uh, don't know why. It might be cowardice. It might be whatever, but I, I tip everywhere. You don't have to talk me into tipping. She doesn't know me though. So I go, you know what? Um, I am aware of that. I actually had just taken all the cash out of my wallet in my hotel. But if are you going to be here for the show tonight? And she was like, absolutely, I will be here. And I was like, I will remember you. I will come and bring you a cash tip. So. Uh, sorry, you don't have it right now, but I will come bring you a cash tip. 
go up, get uh, make sure Greg is on the mend, all that. Find out that old uh, Boise guy is coming to bomb. Um, I come back down. First thing I do when I walk in, go to the back bar, find this server. This is the second server, not the one that hates me. Uh, up front, this lady seems to like me. To be honest, maybe a little bit uh, too much. Um, hand her cash for a tip for my meal earlier in the day. She's elated. Thank you so much. You remembered, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. And then this other lady that already hates me goes, are you going to make me bring you a beer on stage again today? And I go, uh... I go, um, no, I didn't, I like, I didn't want, by the way, Greg just texted me. So let's see, I'm going to read Greg's text. <sighs> he said, uh, even though I told her not to, my girlfriend is making your family a loaf of bread. What a lady. Greg Beachler has a great girlfriend, by the way, way, way better than he deserves. So this lady goes, are you going to make me bring you a beer on stage again today? And I go, I didn't, I didn't ask you to do that. Uh, I don't drink on stage. I don't drink before shows. I don't like, I didn't want you to do that. And she's like, ah, well, it sure seemed like something like that it gets all like, you know, rude. And she walks away. And then this too friendly server goes, Oh really? You don't drink on stage. And I was like, no, I don't. I mean, you know, sometimes if the theme of the show is to drink, I'll drink, but otherwise, no, I don't, I don't drink on stage and I don't drink before and she goes that seems like a challenge and i was like oh no it's not a challenge and she goes yeah what if i just sent you a bunch of beers up on my tab what would you do and i was like i would just let him sit there and then drink him after the show and she's like i don't know it feels like a challenge to me and i'm like it's not do not do that and she's like are you really not drinking or are you just not drinking because i'm the one offering and i'm like Geez, lady, we've like extended into like a different part of your personality that I'm not. I was like, it's not you. It's everywhere. Greg and I have to wake up early in the morning. We're not going to drink tonight. You. It's nothing to do with you specifically. So then first guy goes up, bombs. Greg goes up and I keep noticing someone is like yelling out heckles. Like he says something about like, like, let's see, he goes, uh, Something about having a big dick because he literally has material about having a big dick. She goes, how big is it? Like as though he's got a line locked and loaded and he couldn't have possibly gotten to that line without her. And she keeps doing that exact thing. We're like, how dumb was he? How old are you? You know, like the, and then yelling out stuff. Anyways, I go up and there's like a whole, uh, there's like, you know, it happened like five times during Greg's like 35 minutes. I go up and there's like already obviously this like kind of tension when she's doing this. And she just keeps, she'll say something. I will try to like put her down slightly to stop her from doing this, to disincentivize her from doing it, but also still make the crowd laugh. She keeps doing it. She keeps doing it. It's like truly the 10th time. I've made comments like she, uh, oh man, she made a, she's like told me a thing about, I was like, I kept saying stuff like, uh, this isn't an improv class, so you don't need to give me suggestions trying to be like gentle, but gentle, but firm, gentle, but firm. And 
she's like making it's like getting in, she's like getting increasingly frustrated that I'm not giving her what she wants out of this uh interaction. And then eventually I go she says something and she's like that's she says something about her last name and there was like a joke about her last name that her and I had talked about earlier in the day and so I made the joke and then I th- I was hoping that would be it but oh no. Oh no. Later on she she's also doing this thing that's crazy. I wish I had video of it. In the back of the room, anytime I look in her direction, she's trying to do something physical, but not out loud to distract me, like shaking her boobs around with her hands. Or at one point, she's just standing in the back doing that like pantomime jerk off and throw the cum thing into the air like that thing. And she does that at one point standing like three rows from the back. So in front of people and directly behind the owner of this bar. And I was like, are you literally standing in the middle of the showroom pantomiming, jerking off a penis? Like, is that what's happening right now? She's like, no, no, not me. But like half the crowd, it's not a big crowd. And they're all sitting way back in the room. Half the crowd saw it. And I go, uh, you know, folks, sometimes servers will uh, drink pretty heavily while they're on shift. And she goes, not me. What are you trying to get me fired? And I go, well, I didn't know that was an option, but now that you bring it up, I wouldn't mind. And then she, at that point, she stopped heckling me. What I didn't know at the time that I would find out later when I'm sitting at the merch table I'm sitting at the merch table later. Uh, I'd made like a couple extra because co- I was like trying to get out ahead of these things. I never, I said, she did one last heckle, I think actually. And I said, um, <laughs> I said, there's nothing I can say to you right now that would make my wife proud of me. And that's my line for dealing with hecklers. That's my like limit. And uh, anyway, so later we're sitting at the merch table and this same lady comes over and she's like, like bowing like a geisha to me <laughs> and like, oh, do you need anything else? Like making this big demonstrative show of being like, you're an asshole. You need special treatment. And so, um, we, I, I like see this i noticed this and i'm sitting next to greg and i go she's so fucking mad at me and what i i mean i i knew this was the case but i didn't like factor it into saying this was that the owner of the bar was also sitting at the merch table with us talking and he goes the owner goes uh oh yeah because i chewed her ass out because she wouldn't shut the fuck up and i was like oh thank you she needed that like absolutely that's awesome so I was like, no, I don't, you know, I had said like, no, I don't need anything. I'll just take my bill. Um, cause I had exceeded my, uh, my, uh, what do you call it? Uh, my gifts, my gift certificate. So they bring me the receipt. She brings me the receipt and oddly I'm like, I sign it tip tip. Well, by the way, I tipped like 25% even though this woman had been a fucking enormous thorn in my side, tipped 25%. This woman had gone, not even as a server, as a fucking coworker. In this case, we are coworkers. 
You've gone out of your way to sabotage the experience of the fucking guests, me, to make my material worse, everything. At a point, you were just, this lady's just like vengeful. And she's doing this like pouting, uh, pouting geisha thing where it's like everything is like, like she's some sort of, uh, like she's been sold into slavery. And I'm, uh, dude. And, um, finally the, the bill comes back. I write down the tip, I hand it and she, there was a little bit of slickness going on. I will say she hands me it back and she goes this on top. This is my copy. The one below that's your copy. Uh, that's not, that was actually not true. It was the other way around. And I was like a little suspicious of that because I noticed it because I'm sober, by the way. Uh, so I take the card, I sign, and I'm like, something is weird about this. Why? And then I go, oh. Oh, that was my dog sneezing if you caught it. I go, oh, the 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 bill is like double what it should be. I got, because I was trying to eat after my set, I got a grilled cheese sandwich, an adult grilled cheese sandwich, because I thought that was the only thing that had a chance of being good after the show. Uh, That was it. $16 item. I had $3 left on my gift card. Uh, So it should have been about $13. It was like $27. And I was like, this is odd. And then I go, oh, Greg, they charged me for the steak you got. Again, I just, in my mind, I'm talking to my buddy Greg, and I forget that these restaurant owners are standing there. And I don't know how this transpired, but the the lady that's managing it, the uh, daughter of the owner, pretty sharp lady, uh, she's like, do you want me to fix that for you and I was like oh no I'm I'm good it's fine it's not a big deal she's like I want to fix it for you and then my suspicion is because it didn't come back right away my suspicion is is that a conversation was had about this and so I'm saying goodbyes and all is well and Greg goes back to uh, uh maybe get one more drink or to tip this lady and apparently she's just sobbing in the back and going, your friend is so mad at me. He told my boss to chew me out. And it's like, I was on stage. I was on stage. I'm not even mad at you. I just think you were, I mean, I am mad at you, but I'm not like, I'm not trying to fuck you over. I'm, I'm not mad anymore. I was mad while I'm on stage trying to perform in a less than ideal situation because nine people showed up because our show in Cascade, Idaho was somehow fucking compete. That's at the other part. I didn't say crowds. Stunk. And yes, we didn't give them the best show in the world, but they stunk and they were small and we were competing with Top Gun, the movie Top Gun, and we lost badly to Top Gun. Top Gun had 15 people standing outside because the line was so long. We had less than that in the goddamn venue. Um, we all ate shit the whole fucking time and she was making the situation worse. Was I mad at her for that? Yes. Was I mad at that moment? No, I just wanted to get paid, get to sleep, get home. Wasn't mad. Was over it. Uh, the fact, by the way, I'm pretty like, if somebody's heckling and they stop heckling, I'm fine. We we don't ever have to. I'm not mad at you anymore. I only care while you are heckling. I'm fine with being cool after that. That happened to me in Beery, and I, I think it was on this podcast. I, I posted the audio, but like 
there was a lady that heckled me pretty bad out there. And eventually she stopped heckling again in this case because the owner told her to stop. She wasn't a server at the fucking restaurant, by the way. But uh, other people tried to like bring, they tried to like make fun of her. They would like yell out, they would heckle me making fun of her. And I'm like, no, this isn't, this isn't how it works. Like I asked her to stop. She did stop. She was annoying up to that point, but she did stop. So we're not going to make this about being angry at her. We're not going to, she did exactly what I wanted. So we're not going to keep making fun of her. We don't need to keep poking. I'm not, nobody, no comic I know wants a heckler. I want to go up and do my material, work on my material, uh, you know, perform the good stuff well, make the, the stuff that's not perfect better. My preference would be zero hecklers. But if I have to have a heckler, my favorite kind is the kind that shuts the fuck up after you tell them to stop. So this lady had stopped. I didn't realize that it was uh, because her boss had chewed her out. I wasn't mad anymore. I was fine. Anyways, then we went up and played uh, Uno, drank whiskey. I did drink that night. Um, I got about an hour and a half of sleep, came home, cooked a brisket. I was exhausted. Slept about 11 hours last night, and now here we are. It's uh, the night before last, and then uh, last night I got to... God damn, I do have another story. I got to open for... Uh, I got to host for my favorite comedian in the entire world, Joe List. Beautiful experience. Very much loved it. He's a he's one of the best comedians working right now. You should absolutely check him out. He has a new special out called This Year's Material. Uh, his wife, Sarah Talamash, also was there. She's very funny. Um I guess either those are lost, that is a lost story, or I'll tell it next time. But you let me know what you want. You want me to just move on with my life, not talk about that weekend or whatever, but it's uh, this is running long. So thank you for listening. Please tell a friend to subscribe to this if they want this kind of hot, hot inside comedy information. Uh, talk to you later. And uh, Bob Springer, you're the man.